Welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm Whitley. And today we're going to be talking about a really fun episode. It's, uh, I've actually seen it as like a sermon series for different churches. Yes, I have too. I think that like my church has done it before, like several years ago, but um, it's kind of an important one too, because oh, we'll get into why it's super yeah. important. But... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to be talking about twisted scripture. Now, these are verses that people have um, taken out of context, whether that's on purpose or accidentally. They've taken them out of context and created their own meaning behind it. It's yes. not that the verse itself is twisted or bad. Not at all. We have just taken it out of context and we're going to put it back into context the way that it was intended to be read. Yes. Uh, like, you know, I've seen this meme before and it's like this picture of this guy and a girl and the guy is struggling to open a pickle jar and his word bubble is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> and the girl is just like, it's a pickle jar, Tom. Twist the lid, not scripture. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's often, unfortunately, like what happens. And I think social media is where I see most of it. Yes. Social media, and then I overhear it in conversations. For sure. Yes, but social media is such a big thing in our world and just part of our daily life that we can sometimes see somebody post something, like a scripture, and take it as gospel. And like, oh, yeah. this is exactly what that means. And it's not it's exactly not at what all. it means. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we want to start off by saying the Bible is sufficient. It's inerrant. You know, God is the standard of truth. And so his written word must also be truth. Um, and another viewpoint you can have with scripture is that it is the written image of Christ. Yes. And it, the Bible reveals the gospel to us, you know, who God is, who we are supposed to be. And when we rip it out of context... You know, we blur or disfigure these crucial truths that the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. And we can also um, start to have our our image of God blurred and disfigured. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, most of the time people don't even realize that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, very rarely is it intentional. Most of the time it's just on accident or people... Mm -hmm. Are, are busy and they didn't have time to research what the context was. They just, yes. oh, I like that verse. Share. <laughs> cherry <laughs> Share picking. Yes, <laughs> yes. Cherry picking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and while they have good intentions, it can often be more hurtful than it is helpful. For sure. Especially in the long run. And so I know we talked about in one of our other episodes that context is queen, <laughs> but I was watching a Disney movie the other day and it's Bolt and you know, it's about this cute little dog and his owner, she's a girl and she's an actress mm -hmm. and they are co-stars in this action series and the dog believes that everything is real. Yes. Like he 100% believes it and you know, the directors and everybody in the movie scene is, you know, encouraging that, like, he can't see the girl if she's been kidnapped, in quotation marks, 
by the villain. Yep. Um, and the villain has like two pet cats. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a scene in the movie where the cats are, you know, teasing Bolt. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, we've got your, we've got your human. We've got your girl. And, you know, they get, the villain's name's like the green eyed man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wasn't really super creative. But they have a quote uh, from the cats. And I think it's super applicable to uh, context because Bolt is like giving this really heroic speech about how he's going to save his human. You know, they're going to be reunited and nothing the villain does is going to separate them. And so the cats are like sitting there and they're bored out of their mind. And they're like, they stop him. And they're like, at first I was like, what? And then I was like, huh? And then I was just bored. (laughs) And that was the quote that they said to him. And I stopped and I was like, wait a minute. That applies to context too. Because when you take a, when you don't research a verse or you um, take it out of context, you know, at first you're going to be confused. You're going to be like, yes. "What? what's what's this? What's going on? And, you know, if your confusion is going to build and you'll be reading and be like, huh, What? what is all of this? And then at the end, you're just going to be bored. Yeah, you're if, just going to walk away. If you don't understand what's going on, then your interest is off, like oftentimes lost pretty quickly in my, in my case. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's why I think this verse... Or not this verse. (laughs) This quote from Bolt applies to context so well is because, you know, when we take that context away, we're left with confusion that leads to boredom Mm -hmm. and you just quit. And when you go to explore the context of the Bible, you know, there's two different hats that you have to put on. You know, you have to put on your archaeologist hat and your anthropologist hat. And we play these roles because we are excavating, you know, human societies of the past to their cultures, their languages, traditions, politics, and so, so much more. And when we put these hats on, you know, we are going to have a better comprehension of scripture. Absolutely. So whenever we look at our historical and cultural context um, of the passage, the verse, the book, whatever we're focusing on there. Um, It helps us to ensure that our interpretation of the scripture is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked before about how um, knowing the history, knowing the background, and the culture during that time, it's like we're looking at like the setting of a book or backdrop of a picture. Like it's going to influence how the text or the image will be perceived. Oh, yeah. And the Bible, it wasn't written in, you know, these short snippets or chapters. The authors wrote entire books or letters at a time, you know, and there weren't these divisions of like chapter and verse. Yes, we added those later. Yes, we did. (laughs) Um, And that's why it can be helpful to read the books, you know, read through the entire book and then go back and do an in-depth study on smaller sections. Mm -hmm. But you have to realize that there were events that caused the prophets and the apostles to write about the things that they did. Mm -hmm. And helpful questions that you can ask is like, you know, why did the author write the book? Yes. 
you know, what problems were they trying to address within Israel or the church? Because mm-hmm. there are several books in the New Testament that are just letters. Oh, absolutely. That are letters to churches. And so, I mean, I we don't just break down a letter or whenever we're writing a letter or reading it, we're not like, okay, here's one chapter. I'm going to set it aside <laughs> and I'm going to bring it back later. Okay, here's another chapter. No, we do it all at once. Yeah. And so that's like, and we typically have a purpose for it. So that's where we really got to look why and what's going on. Absolutely. And we, when we ask these questions at the beginning of our study, once we answer them, the message of the book, you know, it comes into focus like a camera lens. Mm-hmm. The meaning makes so much more sense and we get a holistic view of the book. Yes. And so we picked out oh, about seven or eight verses here of common scripture that you know we see or hear that has just been ripped out of context and twisted since that's the <laughs> title we're going with. You know, it's twisted out of context. Um, and so we're going to put these back into context and you're going to see what they really mean. And I think they're super encouraging. I think so too, especially whenever you look at them in the correct context. Absolutely. All right. So our first, uh, twisted scripture is going to be Philippians 4.13. All right. So we're reading out of the ESV version. So depending on what version that you guys are reading out of, it might be a little bit different. But this verse says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So a lot of times we're going to take this to mean that God's going to give us the strength to do anything. Nothing is impossible. All right. Well, my brother has even admitted to me that whenever he was in high school, he had this written on the inside of the bill of his baseball cap. So he'd look <laughs> As at all it. athletes do. <laughs> yes. So you could look at it whenever he was at bat. But... You know what? You still struck out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So clearly God didn't give him the strength to uh, get a home run every single at bat. Yes. You know? Yeah. All right. So whenever we look at the context of this passage, we actually see that um, Paul is writing from prison. Um, he Very has a different situation than a game, yeah. <laughs> a sporting event. <laughs> Uh, He has been imprisoned for Christ, um, but as he says earlier in the book, he considers this to be good, uh, a good thing, and it's an advancement of the gospel because it's widely known amongst the um, guard why he's there. So whenever we look at the passages immediately before and after verse 13, we see that Paul speaks of having an abundance and also being in need. Um, He speaks of the Philippians um, helping him whenever he's been in need and helping to provide for him. While he is sitting in prison, Paul's not doing much except sharing the gospel with the uh, the fellow prisoners and the guard. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not doing the impossible, but he is content with his situation because of the strength that God has graced him with. So... um, this verse isn't just saying I can do anything, anything I put my mind to, because God will give me the strength to do it. God's going to give us the strength to be content in whatever situation that we find ourselves in. So um, just like kind of personally for me, like this was like a personal mantra of mine 
whenever uh, my husband and I were uh, trying for a baby again, baby again after a loss. Like I had to learn to be content with an empty womb every month that came around, even as painful as it was. But God gave us the strength to learn to be content in that situation. Yeah. And that's like putting that verse back into context Mm -hmm. gives it so much deeper meaning. Yes. And so much comfort and encouragement for the Christian, like you said, with everything that you and your husband went through, like the verse has so much more meaning in that situation Mm -hmm. than, you know, making, you know, the touchdown or you know, the, I'm not a sports person, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's see, a touchdown or dunk, I don't know. Home run. (laughs) Home run. Um, (laughs) But yeah, when you put it back into context, it's just so encouraging for the believer. And our next one is Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that you will not be judged. All right, so... This one, I think we all know, is a favorite of (laughs) non-believers. They haven't read any part of the Bible, but that one part. Yeah, like it's the one thing that they all know. That one little verse right there. Um, is like, especially whenever you're like having a discussion about like why you're against like some particular thing, whether, I mean, most commonly for me, it's like whenever you're talking about like sexual sin. Yes. Um, I was like, okay, like, I disagree with you on this topic, and here's why. And they'll be like, uh, Jesus said to judge not. I <laughs> <laughs> actually back that up a little yeah. bit. Just, uh, wind it on back. Um, if you're actually, if you continue reading through verse 5, these non-believers would realize that um, we actually can and should call out our brothers and sisters sins in love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not just you're doing this and you're wrong, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) we should call out our brother and sisters like in their sins, like out of love and like implore them to repent and to turn away from that sin. Absolutely. Now we absolutely have no authority to judge another person's heart. Mm -hmm. And so that means we as mere people don't have the authority nor the ability to look at someone and say whether or not they are a true believer and love God. The only person who knows someone's heart is God. Yes. So, um, like, I can't, I can look at somebody and say they claim to be a believer and they live their life as such. You can evaluate the fruits. Yes, you can evaluate the fruits, but we can't make an out, like, an honest, like. Definitive decision. Yeah, definitive decision on someone's heart. But what we can do, like I said, is look at one's actions, see what the fruit of their life is, and recognize sin. Now, no one likes to be called out on their sin. Yeah, no. It's not fun for either party involved. Um, You know, verse 5 actually tells us to first take the log out of our own eye. Mm -hmm. Meaning, okay, we need to look at ourselves first be introspective and look at the sins in our own lives and start to work on addressing those and putting those sins to death. Yes. Even though it can be easier to just look at someone else's life and be like, Oh, they're doing this, 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 this. (laughs) Make that list. (laughs) Yes. Um, But once we've addressed our own sins in our life, um, that verse goes on to say, um, first take the log out of your own eye so that you can then help your brother take the speck out of his own eye. Yeah. 
Uh, so that right there tells us that we are called to help our brothers and sisters in their sin. So once we've addressed the sins in our own life, we can clearly see to help our brothers and sisters um, address the sin in their life that they're struggling with. Oh, absolutely. All right. Verse number three, uh, we're going to go to Romans 28. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read that for you guys. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, typically when I see this verse being ripped out of context, it's just the first part. They typically leave out the ending, um, which says for those who are called according to his purpose, they leave that part out. Mm -hmm. And I do see this on social media, but I also hear it a lot in conversation um, because it's a really popular way for people to brush things off. Like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. Yes. And typically that other person has had something tragic happen, whether that's a loss um, or whatever it may be. This saying, this verse kind of leads people to say, oh, well, everything will just work out fine. Mm-hmm as a way to brush the issue away. Yes. Without actually helping that person. Yeah. And it also is dangerous, you know, taking that first part out of context because, you know, it does one, it leads in a couple different ways. One, it leads to toxic positivity, mm-hmm. which if you don't know what that is, it's very popular right now, but that is, really ignoring all of those negative feelings like depression, anxiety, sadness, anger. You just ignore all of those feelings and you just sweep them under the rug. And, you know, you paint on this happy face and, you know, maybe you turn on some happy music and take a video of you dancing around like you're happy. TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) You take, and you know, you just act like all of those problems and those issues aren't there. And that's toxic positivity, and it ends up hurting you in the long run. Um, So taking that verse out of context, one, can lead to toxic positivity. Two, this is another example where we have polluted scripture with the American dream. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I do see that uh, people will take this and use it for finances and business-like decisions, especially with like multi-level marketing. Um, They will try to bring in faith with that and be like, well, this will all work out. God's going to make everything work out. So people will try to pollute the scriptures with the American Mm -hmm. dream. But when we put this verse back into context, we see that Paul is referring to how we can have confidence, peace, and even joy in our trials. Uh, When we're suffering, you know, I always struggled with the why. Why is this happening? Why me? Absolutely, yes. And I feel like everybody asks those questions, maybe not out loud, but we ask them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's dealing with a like a loss of a person, mm-hmm. loss of a job, um, marriage struggles, it could be anything. Yeah. And, you know, we were tempted to doubt that God cares. You know, does he actually hear my prayers? We're tempted to feel that way. And Paul is comforting us here by reminding us that, hey, you know, God is sovereign. He will never abandon you in your times of need. And he works 
all things out for his glory and our good. Mm -hmm. He is glorified in every situation. And, you know, he's not just working one or two minor events in your life out. He's working the whole thing, every little moment God is sovereign in, and he is using it for something. Even if we don't recognize it. Yes. Especially in the moment, a lot of times you're not going to recognize it. Absolutely. Like, he's the master of it all. This verse is really just about God's sovereignty and our suffering. And we can have the confidence, the peace, and even the joy mm-hmm. from our sufferings because of this verse. So the next one is Proverbs 23, 7. And, you know, this is another verse that gets misused uh, because people will rip it out of context and ignore the surrounding verses. So I'm going to go ahead and read Proverbs 23, 7. And I'm going to read the ESV version first. And then we're going to read the version that people take out of context. All right. So here's what the ESV says, because I want you guys to have this in the back of your mind for he is like the one who is inward calculating eat and drink he says to you but his heart is not with you so that seems like a pretty straightforward verse to me yes but i'll go ahead and read the king james version okay version um and this is the one that is typically taken out of context for as he thinketh in his heart so is he Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. That first part. For as he thinketh in, thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. And I wanted us to read those two separate versions to just show you, like, translations matter. Uh, what version of the Bible you're using does matter. And if you ever have a question like that, always look at another version. Absolutely. Because, like... I hate old old English. Same, <laughs> same. Um, I typically read out of the ESV, but there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't know what that really means, and I can't really figure it out. So I'll go and I'll look at like the NIV or the NLT and look at a different version to see if that helps me understand what's happening. Oh, absolutely. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. And in fact, we would encourage you to do that because. People take the King James version of that statement and they're like, oh, well, uh, this is self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. Mm-hmm. Once again, people will also use it for toxic positivity. You know, I can fake it till I make it. If I just act happy, my heart is going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And you just bottle up all of those emotions instead of addressing and expressing them. Yes. If they would have just picked up another version of the Bible, they would see, oh, this is actually, you know, a warning and advice for why you should be weary of selfish people, mm-hmm. you know, because they say one thing, but in their heart, they're thinking a very different thing. Yes. Um, and so it's caution for dealing with people like that and not so much of a self-fulfilling prophecy or toxic positivity. So those are our four verses for the twist of scripture today. For today. For today, yeah. Keyword, for, for today. T- <laughs> I didn't even catch that. But I hope you guys enjoyed those. I certainly enjoyed researching these. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. Especially whenever 
like you see these verses so commonly misused and you're like, okay, let's look into the context. I found it a lot of fun. Well, and it's so much deeper. Like there's so much more encouragement, um, like authentic encouragement. Yes. Um, that it like, it just, it, it does warm your soul and you feel fed from it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming up, we've got four more verses to share with you guys that we have seen or heard be taken out of context. Yes. And I'm excited to share those with you. Yes, that'll be great. So, but um, until then, feel free to check out any of our older episodes. We did one here recently on Obadiah and yes. six lessons you can learn from that amazing book. Because we did keep it in context. Yes, <laughs> it is in context. So there's six amazing lessons you can learn there. Looking into the future future, we will also be having Nicole Byron with us. Yes, this is going to be really exciting. Um, we're going to have um, her as a special guest and another one, another special guest. We'll keep that a secret for now. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> But yeah, she's got a passion for addictions ministry and helping women in that situation. Yes. And I think we mentioned it before. Um, we live in an area here where addiction is just rampant. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're kind of like the home of the pill mill. For real. Um, so, but we're comeback city and <laughs> we're working on fixing that in this area. But so this is something that like we see on the daily, mm -hmm. even if it's not someone that we know personally, just driving through town. Yes. You see it all the time. Yes. And so. it's very unfortunate. So I'm very happy that we are able to have her on to share her experience and her wisdom with us. And in that episode, we're also going to be having one of the hosts from the Useless Commentary podcast mm -hmm. who will be helping us do the interview. So actually four of us instead of two. So it's going to be twice the fun. Yes. <laughs> twice the craziness. Yeah, crazy is definitely the word I would use there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening today, guys. And uh, definitely stay tuned for part two. Yes. Come back and hear those next four verses. That's right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.